0: Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. This podcast will seek to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of my podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations where every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to you joining me on this journey toward a better understanding of each other. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening for common ground first. I am so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's see what my next guest has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and it's another episode of Why Do Pets Matter, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And actually, this is a new podcast, and if you're listening to it on your podcast device, you're not going to see that I have four of my wonderful colleagues here with me. So this is actually Why Do Pets Matter, the Lollapalooza, because we are bringing together four of my colleagues who I've met through the wonderful Spencer Huggets of Why do pets, nope, not why do pets matter, rebound dog. Sorry, Spencer. So the wonderful (laughs) Spencer Hogg, it's rebound dog. I'm so used to saying, why do pets matter? It's just what naturally comes out of my mouth. But Spencer is from the UK and he started this group of people who are like-minded about taking very good care of animals and also recognizing how taking care of animals are good for our health as well. So during this pandemic and way beyond, Spencer is just one of those guys who brings people together to speak about how we can better our lives by bettering animals' lives. So Spencer is the um, starter, CEO, and guardian angel of Rebound Dog. Then we have Christina Berkey, who is my good friend, who's an animal communicator from Down Under, sort of like that Nadine Hamilton area. She's outstanding. We have... Teresa Wagner, the Animal Loss and Grief Support Institute, which of course you've heard some of the people who've come on to help people transition their pets. So Teresa is going to come on the Why Do Pets Matter podcast soon, as will Christina, as will Spencer, um, to speak about what they do. But we've talked about how to help an animal transition Teresa works with people on how to help yourself once they transition Um, Mm -hmm. so that's really uh, very important Christina actually communicates with animals, she's an animal communicator so I want to tell you that this is a lively group that I'm so grateful to have here and last but not least, you've probably heard her podcast but if you haven't, it's coming up soon Caroline Griffin of Show Your Soft Side she's the Mm -hmm. one who has done the huge advertising campaign to show your soft side in animal rescue and animal welfare. So I'm so grateful to have you all here, but we're here actually to do a natter, which is what Spencer calls the discussions we have on rebound dogs. So I'm going to start with Spencer Hoggett. Why do pets matter to you?
1: One simple answer to that Deborah, is that they listen without prejudgment. So often, those that have been kicked around in our life, and that includes me and a lot of my, and my wife, is that we're labeled. We're prejudged in any conversation you have. You've heard me talk previously that I've got a trucking background. As soon as I say I'm a truck driver, you've got this box around you. Yeah. And dogs don't. I'll be polite. It's ladies in the room. Dogs don't give a monkeys nor to cats, and most houses don't. They'll listen. And what lit me up a few years ago is watching one of the videos from the states where a dog was taken into a prison to be trained to be sociable, so it got rehoused. And the light bulb. What moment was between the dog and the person that they both went? And I'm trying not to fret, swear at midnight in the UK, but you see what I'm trying to say is, wow. Nobody gives a monkey's what I did in the past, who I am. You're just absolutely sitting there in stony silence. Christina can understand this, as can Teresa. Mm-hmm. There's, there's that relationship, and it's that bond. We talk about the human-animal bond in professions, but that's what turns me on. It's the fact that I believe that the undesirable dogs and the disadvantaged people have a natural right to belong in society rather than being cast into the dark shadows, and that. And, I'll throw Caroline in and say thank you for the inspiration you gave me and show your soft side that it was. is actually what can be done and how we can bring that together. I could have started as a one-man, one-dog trainer and gone around a prison or a care home. I could have set up a home rescue and gone bankrupt the second, third time or whatever. But it's the fact, I thought, what do I do? I enjoy networking, I enjoy bringing you together, I enjoy bringing influencers together that can change the world. So Rebound Dog came out of that. And the idea is to bring professionals together so we can collaborate on what are called those wicked social problems, the ones that we can't resolve alone. Rescue dog scenario has been going on for centuries. And the current model of charity, benevolence, philanthropy, water, it'll go on again. We need to sit down in this 21st century and work out What do we do to to change the system, to challenge it, whether it's through legislation, whether it's through practice. And that is what I want Rebound Dog to do is to initially bring the professionals such as yourselves in this room together so we can have a natter and and spark an idea and go, oh, wow, we can do that. Then secondly, I mentioned on the video I put out at the weekend is in the new year, introduce a membership village where the next generation can come together and learn from us and from others of how we challenge those systems. Yeah, And then the idea is that if we can empower communities through that globally, and we've got a global community here, is if we can empower those communities, what if those empowered communities can go on to allow undesirable dogs and disadvantaged people to actually belong in society? As I said earlier, it's not a bad goal. Let's, let's, make it, let's
0: make it together. It's, you know, it's so much in tune with the rest of what all of us do, but to bring us together so that we can brainstorm together and work together and have common ideas or have divergent ideas that will help spur other brainstorms. So I, I'm just so grateful you thought of it. I'm so grateful that by seeing prison prisoners or or people in jail and dogs that were undesirable working together and having that spark the idea is it's just a wonderful experience for all of us. So I want to thank you for doing that, Spencer. Now I'm going to go to you, Christine. So Christine, remember, is the animal communicator. And Spencer just referred to her because, of course, she can pretty much read what the animals are thinking as someone is doing something with them, good or bad. Yeah. Um, so, Carolyn, uh, Christina, why uh, do pets matter to you?
2: Uh, I just, it's, it's interesting when you ask the question like, why do animals matter to me? I thought like, at the other hand, you could also ask, why do humans matter to me? And I say this because we are all same. We are on the same level. For me, uh, animals are like us. They are not like under our level. Um, So I actually love animals similar like Spencer because they give us unconditional love. But also I realized by talking with them that they actually are our life teachers as well. Um, When we really listen to them, they give us such a wisdom Um, I had, to to give you a little nutshell, I had communications with dogs, cats, who actually told me to tell their owners uh, to actually have more self-esteem or even to start a book. And I had once uh, a dog, Indy, and he said to his owner, hey, write about the experience we two have, and I will wait till I pass over till you start. So she actually started the book and it's nearly finished. So it's actually by, and therefore I love to to be a communicator because I feel like we often don't take the time to listen to them because um, we are stressing around in our society. Um, We have pets, you can say often we use the animals as pets, but we don't use them actually as really beings. And um, I feel like when you look at children, they have this connection with the children where you feel like they really are on the same level. They understand each other. And by the time when we go to school in the society, we actually lose this connection. And my my goal and my vision, and therefore I love to be in this group, is actually to bring in this connection between animals and human beings. Because I feel when we would have a world where animal beings would be respected and could live in dignity like we do, we would have a much better world. So that would be really my vision. And at the same time, I'm also a psychotherapist for human beings. And my dogs are always with me in my, my sessions. And it's wonderful. I had yesterday a client who started to cry. And my buddy, my 12-year-old golden retriever, put his head on her lap and and tears could more flow. But afterwards, also they cuddle with each other. So they are actually also therapists. I call them actually my co-therapists. So I feel actually they have they they can be actually our bodies it's not like we all often use them but actually i feel we shouldn't use them we should actually live together with them yeah absolutely you
0: know it's interesting you say that because i i do conflicts between people over animals and i always ask them what would your animal think right now about what you're doing and, and yeah. allow yourself to think about that, because a lot of times if you stop them and say, what would your animal think? I, I was quoted in an article once that said, unfortunately, your pet doesn't hate your ex. So when we go through divorce, uh, mm. maybe they like me better than my husband. But if I wasn't around, they certainly would like my husband better than just a stranger. Mm. So I love that you want to connect us again, where we were with animals, when we were children, when we could actually have that conversation and hear the answer, right? We could hear the answer when we were little now. I think that some of us, probably us on this, this um, podcast can still hear it pretty much. Mm. Um, mm. But, you know, it, it's not heard as much, especially in my world where people are in conflict. Mm. So I'm so grateful you're here, Christina. So Teresa, I'm so glad you're here and you do something a little bit different because you do the loss and grief and it's, it is so uh, i just had a friend whose horse died in the field this morning and she said you no know, i i took care he wasn't dead when she was in the field and i'm sorry for anyone who's upset on the podcast because i said that mm. but in, in all honesty she went right into action um sh- the the horse was down the vet came out uh and she said you know it was really interesting he would have been alone in the field had I not been going out to give my other horse mm-hmm. something. So talk about animal communication. I wrote to her and I said, those angels, I call them the GAVAs, the oh, guardian God. angel virtual assistants. They had you out there when he was in distress so that you could um, help him transition in a less painful way. So tell us a little bit Teresa about what you do and why do pets matter with for you first before.
3: Yeah. Um, tell me when two minutes are up because So worries. I can talk about it forever. Um, Pets matter to me, and I would like to even use the word animals, not just our companion animals. Mm -hmm. That name
0: was taken, so I couldn't use it. So
3: there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. They they matter to me, and my most fervent wish is that they matter to every human on the earth. It would make the earth a lot better for humans Mm -hmm. and animals, as Christina was talking about. And you know there 's a chart I, I wish I would have thought to have it nearby, so I could hold it up, and I forget the author. I, I can send it to you, but to chart the two the show notes, so please do it 's a difference between a biocentric view of our relationship with animals on the earth and an anthropocentric view, and the latter is the more typical of most people in most cultures where humans are at the top it 's like a triangle. Mm-hmm. There's a hierarchy, humans at the top, Mm. and then the the animals we all love, cats and dogs, then the charismatic wild animals most people love, chimpanzees, elephants, whales, dolphins, and of course horses are up there. And then it goes down from there to the food animals that we just mass murder and eat, and animals we're afraid of like snakes and down to the insects. And it's a very, in fact, in this chart, you'll appreciate this. It's so hierarchical, there's a man at the top. <laughs> and a woman is underneath a man with the animal companions. And then there's this. Well, that's about right, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, sorry, Spencer. The <laughs> woman who told you earlier would have thought that. Um, but anyway, in the diagram of the biocentric view, it's a circle. And that, I would have hardly need you to say anything else. It's a circle where everyone is, is it- connected. There is no hierarchy. And, you know, this has been, uh, you know, probably like many of you, I just was born loving animals and knowing who they were. And, and like Christina, I'm also an animal communicator well, along with my grief work. And um, I just could hear animals from the time I was a little kid. And so it, It it pained me as I started growing up, seeing the things people would do to animals. uh, You know, uh, I didn't even tell people I could hear them because I wanted to be normal and I didn't want people to think I was weird. I didn't tell anybody until I was 35, really. But um, I just knew instinctively that we're all the same. And, And in my more, in later years, more current years for me, A term that sits in my heart about this is that we're all soul peers, that at the soul level, as Christina was talking about this with her beautiful gestures with her hands, that it's not like this, it's like this. And to me, it doesn't matter what the body looks like. It doesn't matter what breed they are, if it's a companion animal. doesn't matter if they're good at what they're doing or perfectly conformed or a wild animal. It doesn't matter. Inside, we really are all the same. And um, so that has been a driving force in my life and in my work for a long time. It, it still very much is. And it. I actually started the grief work before the animal communication work, and now... My practice and my work some with some clients combine those, and in some situations they're they're separate. Um, but the grief work started when I lost my first cat as an adult, and long story short, I really lost it and I'm trained as a therapist, and I you know thought I knew how I would respond and blah 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 none of no book stuff helped at all. I just was devastated, and that 's when I realized, in addition to my own. Incredible Grief is that this was in 1986, and there was no literature. There were no support groups. There were no. There was one book written by some psychologist who in his intro said, oh, yes, I know what grief is because when I left my, I'm not going to say the towns because you might know him, but when I, my wife and I left such-and-such such a town so I could take a job at such-and-such such university – we, we didn't want to bring our dogs. It would have been so much trouble on the road trip. So we took them to the pound. And I know, and I really grieved. Well, I read that and thought, why could he like this guy? This, anybody with that belief is not going to help me with my grief. And it, it, there just weren't resources then. And so I had a vet at the time who was a good friend and he held my hand through my loss and listened to me. And he knew I had a background in counseling. And he said, Teresa, would you consider doing some kind of support group or one more counseling for my clients? Because I love them and I'm trying to be compassionate with them, which he was unbelievably. But he said, I can't help them in that way. So that's what got me started. And um, I started that in, my cat died in 85. I started that work in late 86. And um, it, the I, I will say this about the pet loss grief field. Um, in those early days, there were almost Zippo resources. And this is important, I think, to this work we're all talking about on Why Pets Matter. There are a gazillion resources now, which is fabulous. There are endless books, endless websites and support groups. It's just wonderful. But what I've noticed as I network with all those people over the years is that those resources have come within the field of animal lovers, What was the disenfranchised loss back in the 80s in 2020 is still a disenfranchised loss. Not as bad as it was because those resources are there, but it it really saddens me when all well, these, I've been doing this for so many years, and I still hear people say, oh, I'm so devastated because my priest told me my animal doesn't have a soul. And I, um, maybe they're a devout Catholic or devout, whatever their religion is. And then they have this cognitive dissonance because their faith leader is telling them something different from what they know inside. So I may help them through that. Um, or people will, you know, whether it's people they work with or their spouses or friends, um, I hear it every week. Um, this sense of disenfranchisement that the people around them don't get it, and and I think it's it, it's sort of a slippery myth that everything's fine now because there are all these resources, but the resources came within the circle. Yeah, and you know, I think you're right,
0: society. <laughs> I think you're right because what, what occurs, it's also disenfranchisement between people who love animals and people who don't like animals. We have a huge dichotomy there. That'll have to be another talk we have because it really is interesting. Um, You still have to hide it, even though it is published in many books and people like you and Christine are dealing with it uh, for helping people deal with it. I loved your part. We're all um, soul peers. I think that is such a, a, a wonderful way to put it uh because we really are you and christina both hit the nail on the head with we're all soul peers and and spencer started us off with you know we're we're all here together we're we're the same even though we might be a little different we're the same mm-hmm. um, but you're right it does leave a little bit of a gap um and to show uh such heavy remorse and um and upsetment because your pet has left is mm-hmm. still not universally um, uh, dealt with well. And I think there's also the other side with both, which both of you will probably talk about is we don't know how to talk to someone who's lost an animal because I'll tell you a little story really quick. My dog Junie, who you won't meet cause he's not here, uh, went to hunting school and I walk my dogs every day. And when Junie went to hunting school, um, he isn't walking with me. And everybody would look down when I walked by and the few brave ones said, um, didn't you have two dogs because they were afraid that something happened to Junie. And I said, yes, he's at camp. And they go, oh, thank God. So then they pass the word around the neighborhood that Junie's not dead. That in fact, he's just at camp. And then they would say, what do you mean he's at camp? You know, but yeah, it's really hard. I think for people to know what to say as well as for people to say what they need when they lose their pet. So I'm so grateful you're here, and without further ado, I'm going to introduce Caroline Griffin of your soft. I do this all the time, and I apologize. Show your soft side. Got it. Because I love the fact that you have created this ability for people to really show their soft side, to be t- rough and tumble, but really show their soft side, which of course goes hand in hand with everything that's been said before. But Caroline. Tell me again, why do pets matter to you? And tell me a little bit about
4: Show Your Soft Side. Sure. So I, I, for me, pets have just enhanced the quality of my life, both in childhood and in adulthood. Uh, and it's it's really come home during this pandemic, during this period of social isolation, where our animals have been our constant companions and have have really uh, given us so much comfort during this incredibly stressful time. I, I in turn am so grateful for the time I'm having with my rescue cats who are older in age. I think our lives are so frenetic. And when we, when our animals uh, transition, so often we feel this guilt that we didn't spend as much time as we would like. I think most of us will look back on this time as a very special time where we really had, had ample time to be with our animals and you know as we get older uh we realize our animals help us and heal us when nothing else can and i know at times of serious illness or if i'm grieving a loss uh they have been an enormous uh um, support for me. And when my mother was suffering from Alzheimer's and and literally lost her ability to speak, uh, the last time she was at my house, uh, I put my elderly cat on her lap and she started speaking very comfortably and it had such a profound, uh, impact on me. And so I think we need to protect animals as well as love them and show your soft side was really directed to try to stop. Uh, this very high incidence of animal cruelty that we were seeing in Baltimore uh, that was being perpetrated by kids. And uh, what we saw... Really, the worst acts of animal cruelty um, were being perpetrated by boys, and in particular, groups of boys. Uh, and sometimes they're just showing off to each other to show their manhood. That that an act of animal cruelty is is sort of a rite of passage almost for proving their manhood. So we, our campaign, utilizes um, professional athletes and other high profile celebrities who are very tough in their. Jobs and in their roles as actors and and uh, as athletes to show that you can you know being a, being a man is a very multifaceted uh, um, uh, there's just so many facets to it you can be very tough at what you do on a playing field but uh, you have an obligation to protect animals and so um, these softies are really good role models and our ambassadors for our. Uh, campaign that um, compassion toward animals is a strength. Not yeah. a weakness. you know, it, it's so important that we all recognize that
0: it isn't a weakness to be soft on pets. Um, it really isn't. It actually, I think the vulnerability we show our pets gives us the courage to face the rest of our life. I, quite frankly, if we can make it home to our pets, we're doing good. I know that my sons when they were younger, if they could make it home to their pets, Um, and tell their story, they were really good as well. So um, I'm so grateful all of you are here. And now I'd love to go back around because this has been such an interesting group of people, and I hope everyone understands the diversity that is here. So Spencer started his uh, career as a truck driver, but then recognized the need for some sort of organization, Rebound Dog, that helps people who want to help animals, come together. Um, And Christina and Teresa are animal communicators, are uh, grief counselors, are just people who help people understand their relationship with their pets in a much deeper way. And of course, Caroline does the ultimate work of Putting out there the resources necessary so that people who might be abusing animals can make a better choice, that they recognize it doesn't show their strength or their machismo or just you know, if they're being abused, the only thing they can abuse is an animal. Well, maybe we can stop that and stop the other abuse. I know all of you know Phil Arkow of um, the Link Coalition, which does show that, you know, animal abuse is directly related to child abuse, domestic violence, and elder abuse. So what she's doing with um, Show Your Soft Side really goes right to the heart of what Phil Arkow is doing. And I loved when Teresa and Christina talked about The studies that are being done because the human animal bond study field has exploded, especially now with COVID, but we all knew that. Um, But it's exploded in showing the science behind anyone who's ever owned an animal knows. So I'm going to start with you, Caroline. What is the most important thing? You think Show Your Soft Side brings to the community because of its awareness and its information having to do with animal abuse?
4: Well, I remember a couple of years ago sitting around a table with a bunch of animal cruelty prosecutors. They were really among the best in, in the United States. And uh, one of them said to me, The most we can do is come in after the fact. To clean up the mess after there's a carcass on the street or a that you know a dog that's been starved in the backyard, um, we actually think you have your campaign may have the potential from uh, preventing these crimes from occurring in the first place. Um, and we've done a little research on it. It's something that uh, we we would love to have you know significantly more studies on that. But uh, John Thompson, who was the head of National Sheriff's Association, also said the same thing, that intuitively they think, you know, the target audience is really young. Uh, And if you talk to some juvenile judges, they have a very low age, which they say they think, you know, children can be rehabilitated. And, you know, because after a certain age, they're just so hardened and their lives are so difficult that there's very little that the judicial system can do. Um, So we have utilized these people whom kids idolize, they want to be the softies. They want to emulate them. And so it's without being in a a punitive fashion, I think we are able to engage kids because they want to be like their idols who love their animals. And it's also what we have found, it's it's resonated with adults as well, who are so offended by this crime that they often cannot contemplate it or look at images of it because it's so disturbing and so because of the positive nature of it and these images which are really universal we send our posters around the world and and people may not know who this football player is from the Baltimore Ravens but that human animal bond and that connection with that photograph uh with a with a person with their dog or their cat uh resonates with people and so it's become we call we think it's a movement it's no longer a campaign
0: it's a proactive movement as opposed to the reactive movement we're so used to so teresa when we're thinking about animals in our lives and um the work that you do what do you think is the best takeaway um from that work and the connection to rebound dog that's going to make it grow
3: even more i'm not sure what you mean
0: so you um, counsel with grief. So the the you said that, you know, a lot of the bubble um, knows about the grief counseling, but people outside the bubble don't. And maybe the ability of Rebound Dog is to have all of us become aware of the need to spread that word, to get that out there.
3: Well, I think we probably all do that. You know, in our own way, I'm not sure this is what you're looking for, but um, one of the reasons um, um, about seven or eight years ago I started teaching grief counseling and created a certification program is so there would be more people out there ready and skilled, um, not that there aren't enough therapists in the world, certainly where I live in California, we have more therapists than we we'll need, but there certainly aren't enough that specialize in the grief of losing a beloved animal. Um, And there's also this wide window of people. When you think of somebody losing an animal, before they end up with a grief counselor or an animal communicator, who do they see love? The vet techs. The people involved very often in the illness and the hospice. And so um, the certification program I created is... Um, Though there's a certification involved and there are about 150 hours of training and lots of other things they have to do. It's not a degree program. So vet techs come. Sometimes veterinarians take some of the classes. Um, Therapists take some of the classes, which delights me because um, somebody, I I, I still hear people come crying that they had to switch therapists because they They told them. Yeah. I'll never forget this, and I've heard it more than once. You know, somebody being told by an otherwise very good psychotherapist, "No, you're really grieving your father who died when you were a child. It's not resolved. You aren't really grieving your dog." Yeah, you say to somebody, "It's this projection of the therapist," and I'm not putting down. Mm-hmm. That- any means they're very near and dear to my heart that's just one little example in the sphere of people we're in contact with um when an animal loved one dies and so training um, is absolutely key it's
0: interesting Uh, you brought that up because it is so important um when i do my mediations mediators will tell me i will mediate any conflict except a conflict over an animal wow because of the emotion and I said, you're absolutely right, but these people need you more than anybody else. I mean, even a divorce. So the, that you're in that space in your training. There's also now a social work um, certificate for veterinarians, um, for veterinary medicine. So there's veterinary social workers, which oh. I think. Is sort of like me. Those people who decided to focus on that um, in the in the practice in veterinary medicine for both the veterinarians and the vet um, the techs and the client, because you know what? It isn't just all about the client's loss. Because if if that client has been a client since the puppy walked in the door, or God forbid, the puppy is young and something happens, I mean, the grief that runs through the entire office, and you know this is incredible so yeah I think you're absolutely right that teaching people how to help is such a great blessing that you bring to the world and that you bring to rebound
3: well and we all do I just happen to have this book on my desk which you mentioned earlier oh yes coping with stress oh. and burnout uh, so she's my best buddy, uh,
0: Nadine Hamilton. She's one of my podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast, go back to, I think, number, I don't know which one, but look for Nadine Hamilton. She did her PhD on um, stress and burnout in veterinary medicine. So, Teresa, thank you. I'm going to tell her you mentioned
3: her. She's going to love you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I, think, I I I don't think education is ever an end all, but I do think it's a key component. And it's that
0: proactive thought we're thinking about, again, that that Caroline brought up, being proactive instead of reactive, Mm -hmm. being able to help people understand how to help and help people understand when I can't help, that I'm not being necessarily a cold fish. I just don't know what to do or say. So, Um, uh, Teresa, thank you. Uh, Christina, so... You just you've been bursting. I can see this. So you've got (laughs) to tell us because it is about, you know, we're all part of, of this group of rebound, but you're bringing something to the table that's so unique. So tell us
2: some more. Yeah, I have like three points when I listen to you all. Um, So one is um, I give also training and actually for adults. And yesterday I got a wonderful email from a mom who said her 12-year-old boy came home with my flyer. And otherwise the only interest of him is sports. And he said, I want to do that. And I will meet the mom next Tuesday to actually start, uh, uh, you can say animal communication training for children. And she is even thinking if I could go to school. So uh, Caroline, I thought like, hey, this could also be that something starts because I am aware that from my perspective, it's not something special that Teresa or I am doing. I feel like everyone actually was born with this gift to understand animals. So I feel like, hey, when I can actually be with the children and actually tell them like, hey, yes, you understand the children. That's right. You you are not wrong. I think that, that is wonderful. And um, one thing I also would love to say to the listeners, actually love your senior animals. I am at home with four senior animals. My dog is 17 plus. She's half blind, half deaf. She's incontinent, but I love her. And I thought already that I had to put her down, but actually she told me, no, I want to live. I'm fine. Even when I don't see, even if I don't hear, I want to be with you. So I feel it's so important actually to listen to your animal and not only love your puppies or your cute-looking animals, also love the ones who are actually old or disabled, like like Spencer said. So I think that's very important. And then something, I had an amazing, amazing um, communication with a dog who passed over because I also speak with passed over dogs. And his name is Alfie. And he actually brought me like on the other side of the world. And he said, when we are passed over, we are all one. There is only love, 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 love. And and exactly what you're saying, Teresa, actually, they have souls like we. It's not that only human beings have souls. We all have souls. And I think, Caroline, because we said it's just now in the COVID-19 situation, so important, actually, to have the animals. And I think what Alfie said is exactly right. We need this love to actually spread the love. And the last thing is that I want to thank you, Spencer, because with your Rebound dog, I love it to be part of, of you and of our community. And I think so often people, you know, like animal communication, uh, they actually are in competition with each other. And I think we actually shouldn't be in the competition with each other, but stand together. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. It's so important. Because if we, there is so, as we all know, there are differing opinions on how things should be done. And the only ones who suffer when we disagree are the animals. We don't suffer. They suffer. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. why I think, last but not least, Spencer's going to come aboard. But I think that's the the depth and the breadth of Rebound Dog. We all have different Mm -hmm. opinions. We all have different ideas. But if the animals are really going to thrive, they're going to thrive if we all row the boat in the same direction. Mm -hmm. So Spencer... Last but not least, why do you think that given all the great comments that are here today, I'm going to run down the three that I'm going to pull out. First is they have our shared souls, and we need to know that, that we share our souls with them. They're not less than us, more than us. Well, they could be more than us because I always think they have a much better um, ethical Mm -hmm. understanding than I do i wish i was as good as my dogs i always like that saying i wish i could be the person my dog thinks i am um <laughs> you know being proactive instead of reactive and that's right up caroline's alley and both Teresa and christina educate so you've brought these groups together these these Um, areas together for rebound dog to be what it is so tell me a little bit about how this makes you feel now that you know we've spoken about rebound dog i want everyone to go find it's easy to find rebounddog.com and go join it's a it's a group that you can join as a member Uh, but tell us a little bit about how you feel now spencer after we've all spoken nattered as you would say this is sort of your life and that's why i come to you last because i know you never say a word on our natters um but now you're last and and given the most time
1: thank you i'm humbled in the zen form of the humbled rather than some of the other sides of the word humbled and blushing slightly um why because before my truck driving background i have a environmental, sustainability, horticultural, whatever you want to call it, biomimicry background, and I see the world Teresa picked up on the word biocentric and Christina put her hands together and brought the whole thing to level and I see the whole thing globally and I see it's our network as diverse as the actual natural landscape around us, whether you're in the Californian wildfires, the Australian bush out in Baltimore in the centre of New York City, there's an environment around you in the whole, the 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 true meaning of the word ecosystem which has been so abused and misappropriated in corporate senses lately but I digress so Rebound Dog is an ecosystem of participants that are diverse as you are because no I don't have the solutions I never will have but what I do is be able to bring you all together and others together so we can have that netter. and there's a bit of what Deborah does in her mediation or in her map planning looking for the solutions so that pets are protected. What Therese is doing in her grief loss, and I've lost dogs, there's ashes in front of me behind this computer screen. There's ones in the the other room and they're protected by Zuni fetish accents. The car outside has four dog collars on it and some of those collars have been in there for over 10 years so when a dog passes the collar goes on the door handles in the car stay there and the car changes and it stays there yes I understand so we had a Pekingese that passed in 2011 he came in 97 a year after my brother passed so he he became the Pekingese crossed to Met and Spaniel, and he became the soul of my brother. and He carried him for 11 years, and it got past Pyrrha the, the Shih Tzu, which is the one that used to be, which is one of the inspirations to be around Rebound Dog. So I see the whole thing in my head. I'm very visual. I see things globally. I see things into, into, into it's, this it's, it's meshwork. It's not a network, it's a meshwork. It's bringing networks of different people together. And if Rebound Dog can do, bring you together, and then we increase it so there's another diverse mixture together and it's not about saying one group's right it's not the human and interactive or it's not the pet therapist or it's not xyz it's got this solution because none of us have got the friggin' solution did you why with the we are in the mess we are we rescue dogs there is Whole issue of euthanasia and this whole overpopulation. You talk to Van and and Charlie out in New Delhi with five million street dogs in one city. You know how how would you cope? You can't. Did you? You have to pick and bits. And we're not going to change it overnight. We're not going to. Caroline talked about the problems of COVID and the lockdown and so forth. And everybody, we've talked about this before, where there's this issue of everybody taking on pets from the rescues and the rescue. Oh yeah, shelter's empty. It's wonderful. But what happens when they run out of money, et cetera, et cetera? We we need to educate. We've talked about education. And if we look at being – I don't like the word because it's misused. But if we create a holistic solution, which is the only adjective I can think of at the time it is here in the UK, but if we can create a a whole whole solution to bring – the world together whether it's the vets whether it's the animal advocates whether it's the animal communicators, the lawyers but it needs to involve not just the animal side of it it needs to involve the human therapy side of it, the social workers the whole of society it isn't just a rescue problem that's oh we'll rescue I think it's Christina touched on the cute ones and we go and look at and think the cute ones are lovely it's looking at what, what are we doing with society? And if, if Rebound can, Dog can contribute something towards that by bringing you together, and I just enjoy networking people, you guessed that, it's what I do. If, that, if that's my skill, that's my 40, if I can do that, I, I'm happy. Yeah. And if, if you look at Rebound Dog, the logo has got two brackets around it, and it's, it's the cage that's really... Most dogs are in shelters, are in cages, boxes, like that, whatever shape. Well, Rebound Dog has got the lid off and the bottom off so they can escape
0: Yep. So they can get out. I want to let everybody know that Teresa might have to leave, but she is so glad to have been here. Teresa, thank you. We're so grateful you had to be here. You got to be here. Um, Do you have any last words before you have to step away?
3: thank you thank you so much for making this all happen and everybody I got to see your faces today and hear more so I hope we do more of this oh we will
0: absolutely I think the Lollapalooza um, is a definite go for launch um, as a secondary thing so we'll be doing this again Teresa so if you want you can whenever you have to just drop off I'm going to continue because I want to really press um, Spencer here because he never says anything as we all know and we're all nattering I, I think when you said bring Bringing people together is most important because we all have different opinions. We all have different ideas. We all have different visions of solution. If we bring them together in a peaceful way, so that's, that's my world, right? If we bring them together in a peaceful way, we appreciate and acknowledge that what Teresa is doing or what Christine is doing or what Caroline's doing or Spencer's doing, I appreciate what they're doing. I might not agree. And we've all met people who don't agree with what we're doing, um, but that's okay because if we can appreciate how they feel, often we are able to have a conversation with them on a different level, on a higher level where we get to understand them and they get to understand us. When Teresa was here, she said, you know, that, that the psychologist didn't get it. And I said, yeah, and, and what we need to do is, is we need to say, it is hard to talk to someone who's in grief about their animal how can we help and support you and I think that's what Spencer's so good at he brings people together who don't compete with each other but rather collaborate with each other I think Spencer that's your beauty
1: thank you the other thing that it is I'm trying to put my words into is it's not just going for our own opinion and it's actually if you sit in a committee room we've all sat in committees and Caroline's talked about sitting around a table. Well it's not just the CEO's opinion or the chairman's or the chairwoman's opinion I'm going to be politically correct in this way. Opinion that's correct. It's what is the reason for that group being together and what's the reason for that group? What do they want it what they're there to do and what are they there to achieve as a whole and what's the outcome and if it's in the scenario that we're working in it is to enhance the lives of the undesirable dogs and the and disadvantaged people that the abuse as caroline talks about the abused animals the kids in the gangs they're abused it's why they're abusing animals because whether it's if it's not physical abuse there's a peer pressure there's a met there's a Um, psychological pressure for them to be there's abuse in that side so if that's our goal is to change the world in that way then that's what Rebound Dog is about, it's about bringing those people together So that's why I've said before I'll sit you mentioned a couple of times I'll sit there and just listen because I'm not there to give my this isn't about okay Rebound Dog is my idea but it's it's, it's you it's everybody, I'm just the host of the thing it's just what I do, I host Christina's talked about hosting spaces and so forth. It's what I do, it's what I enjoy doing. But if I can host that space for you to come together and somewhere in this conversation, you'll go away and go, "Ah, oh, hang on a minute, Deborah said this and Teresa said that, can I say that? What if we did and met, there's four screens, what if we met, you know, I'm trying not to do it that way, it's a bit more polite than thing <laughs> there's four of us. And what if we just sort of, I keep bringing my hands, I talk with my hands. You know, what Are if you we, But what if if we brought and got that, and that's the solution? It's not what I say. It's not what two people say. It's it's the whole thing, which is why I see things as meshworks. As um, what's the word? Proper ecosystems. I walk around the garden, we've got a massive overrun garden here, and you look at the way the plants are interacting with each other, and you've got different tiers. You've got the canopy of the trees at the top, and you've got right down at the, the mushrooms, and the, the um, brain's gone tired, whatever the mushrooms and taking. The is the way i are looking right down the bottom, but they, they've all got a purpose, and they all look as they all interact, and they've all got their own space. And that's what society's about, and we've become too. Um, Theresa used the word disenfranchised. We've become too, there's too much of this and there's too much of that and there's, yeah, there's too polarized. I mentioned, right at the beginning, beginning I mentioned labels and there's too much of, oh, you fit in that box and you fit in that box and that box doesn't fit, doesn't mesh. It does. It does. The whole thing's joined up and if that's what I want Prebound to Dog To do is to be that space where people people talk of platforms. I've tried to describe it as social impact networks and platforms and memberships, or whatever you call it. It's a space where it's there for you, you to use. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it, it. it. To to be part of and to others to engage with. That's what that's that's what it's about. It's not me saying I want the biggest animal human bond network in the world, I couldn't care monkey's. It's not that, it's just to change. If I can challenge the system and get people to say, what if?
0: Yeah, you provide the platform for um, wide open thinking, I think is- Yeah,
1: that's that's correct. That's a nice way, but yeah, I like that idea, yeah.
0: And and I'm so grateful all of you have been here. We could go on here forever. I'm gonna ask all of you for like one sentence to say, what it is you're going to take away from this call because I'd love my listeners to understand what the purpose was, but rather we all leave rebound dog after we've talked as, uh, Spencer just beautifully said, you know, thinking, well, this one said that maybe I could do that. So there was a, a brainstorm, um, a light bulb went on. So for you, what was the light bulb that went on Christina while we were sitting here talking?
2: was just uh, remembering what Spencer said, and, and what resonated really a lot with me uh, is this not in the box, because I also believe we shouldn't stay in the box and the opening. And that is actually what I also would love to say to the people who are listening is actually open your box. That is what I take with me. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, mm. do you mind? I
4: think uh, Rebound Dog reminds us that we're not only connected to one another, but to every living being. Um, uh, This organization sort of helps and supports um, all of us and and our common common belief that we need to be stewards of of the environment and, and the animals around us. Well, Teresa, who had to leave,
0: Caroline, Christina, and Spencer, I'm so grateful you came to spend some time with me on Why Do Pets Matter. This Lollapalooza, Why Do Pets Matter, will continue because I would love to facilitate a broader stretch of Rebound Dogs so that people can learn more about it. So my followers can check Rebound Dog out and maybe Rebound Dogs followers can check out Why Do Pets Matter uh, because we're all in this together. Open the box wide. Be Open hearted Mm -hmm. and remember pets matter because they are the unconditional loves of our lives. This is Deborah Mm -hmm. Hamilton, Hamilton Law and Mediation, and the podcast Why Do Pets Matter? I'm so grateful you all were here, and I'll see you again soon. You've been listening to the podcast Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. Do you have a great idea or guest? Or topic that you'd like me to cover, write me at Hamilton Law or email me at why do pets matter podcasts at gmail.com. Until
4: next week, our pets do matter. Thank you for being here with me.